0: welcome to a special edition of the pw mania hot tag wrestling podcast your host here justin c with my co-host cam and the chairman steven vincent uh didn't plan on recording anything this weekend we're just pretty much planning on waiting for all in to happen and then talk about that afterward next week and then preview all out and payback but Unfortunately, it always seems to be the case. Uh, something happens and we decide to take a little bit of extra time off. And then, like I said, unfortunately, this time it was not a, uh, a good reason why to record today. Unfortunately, with the unexpected passing of Bray Wyatt, uh, number Rotunda last Thursday at the age of 36 from a uh, heart attack due to some heart complications made worse from getting COVID earlier this year. Uh, apparently, when he was released the first time, they found out he had some kind of heart problem, but nothing like, Considered too serious, like something minor that he could still work with. And then apparently uh, him getting COVID early this year complicated things. And it's just a shock because, you know, the last time we were reading something, even like a few days earlier from his dad, it seemed like he was on the mend and trying to work his way to a comeback. And then, unfortunately, the way life goes, sometimes, you know, things happen and we find out on Thursday that, you know, he suffered a heart attack from these heart complications and passed away, leaving behind his wife, Jojo, and two kids. And I believe he has kids from another marriage as well. Um, So, yeah, it's an unfortunate situation. Age of 36. I mean, for somebody like me, I mean, I'm 35. That's a are younger than you're older than me i know cam and steve you guys are older than me so i mean this guy's like right in our age group It kind of you know it freaks you out a little bit to think about but uh i guess i'll go to you cam first just initially when you heard the news just your thoughts on what you know, the first things that ran through your head
1: um i mean i got pretty choked up i mean pretty sad 36 the same age as me like you said he's a father husband all that stuff so um and it always hits when you know when you see biggie and guys that he worked with closely throughout his wwe run that you know he was not only like a great performer but a better person and that's always hard when you read that kind of stuff it's just really sad you know day before terry funk and then you know who obviously we didn't really grow up too much watching terry funk but i've seen his matches but you know we watched bray Wyatt's entire career um when I first started working for, or working, whatever, working with you guys, Justin and Matt, all those years ago, my first assignment was covering NXT on Hulu, and, you know, Bray Wyatt's, the the beginnings of Bray Wyatt's were there, you know, I watched, you know, him sit there at the lantern and cut those creepy promos, and always thought he would be a main, a main roster star, and, you know, sure enough, a year or two later, he debuted on the main roster with Luke and Rowan, and you know, they're off to the races, so it's just really sad. You know, it's always sad, especially when, you know, like when they, whenever they're parents and things like that, whenever they have kid young kids, it's just really sad. So, you know, my heart goes out to to his wife Jojo and their kids and like the kids he had from his previous marriage.
0: Yeah, and like you said this might be the first wrestler death that even like me as a fan watched their entire career pretty much from beginning to end. I mean, Eddie Guerrero was around before um, you know, before I was born. Same thing with Owen Hart, but this Bray Wyatt might be the first guy I've actually seen his entire career play out in front of my eyes. Uh so it hits a little differently too. I mean, I may be forgetting one or two guys here or there, but I mean it's just one of those things that like you said. Hits this guy's been on TV the whole time. You've been watching pro wrestling, and now, yeah, he hasn't been around for a while. But now, all of a sudden, he's just gone, and it it, uh, it sucks. Um, Steve, what about you? As far as your first reactions when you heard the news?
2: So, i was eating dinner that night with my wife, and we usually have a show on background, you know, whatever. And then all of a sudden, I'm kind of messing around my phone, and all of a sudden, I seen Bray Wyatt died. I'm like, I just can't be real. I told my wife to pause the show we we're watching, and I was doing some deep diving through you know social medias and sure enough triple h that's all the tweets or notification whatever the hell they call it now um that Wyndham pretended passed away and i was just like stopped in my tracks I'm like you know like cams said terry funk passed away the day before and it's like holy shit man it's like i thought this guy was like ready to come back and take over the world again and you know i was a fan of bray wyatt's since the get-go like he was one of the few guys that kinda came into, you know, my life when I got back into wrestling, like right after the shield, you know, then we were introduced to the Wyatt family and I was intrigued by these guys from the get go. I mean, the promos, the presence, you know, the creative genius of Bray Wyatt, like whether you look at, you know, the original era, you know, we kinda had the influence from like Cape Fear, or you look at like, you know, the later runs with the Fiend and the Firefly Funhouse, like there's just a lot of uh, amazing stuff there. Like, you know, he was a wrestler that I was uh, really interested by. I wish I would have got to meet him. I never did get a chance to. Um, when they did a show here in town a couple years ago, my friend was working security, and he uh, snuck a photo with uh, Bray Wyatt, which they weren't supposed to do. But he did it anyway because he didn't give a shit. And, you know, he just said that he was, he was, like, one of the nicest people ever. And just seeing all the tributes from all the fellow wrestlers that people have worked with him, you know, it's just insane. Like, you know, it's like guys like that shouldn't be passing away. Like he's 36 years old. He's younger than me. Like that dude had kids, you know, he has family and you he hate hearing that stuff. It's just really sad. It sucks. Like I remember when Owen Hart passed away, when Eddie passed away. And you know, those are tragic, but I think this hits a little harder now knowing that like we're all right in that age range of Bray Wyatt, you know, this dude was in the peak of his career and you know, life's just not fair sometimes, unfortunately. And I, just want to say you know hope the best for his friends and family
0: yeah and it's one of those things where you know obviously not to take away anything from the deaths of Eddie Guerrero and Owen Hart where it's like you know Owen's death was a completely tragic accident it's a one-off rare occasion and you know Eddie's death you know was unfortunately complicated due to some of his drug use in like you know his earlier years and again like I said I do not take this wrong. I am not taking anything away from from this, but you know Bray Wyatt just seemed like a, outside of a genetic heart condition or whatever kind of heart condition he had, like a relatively normal, you know, healthy guy without any prior drug use. I mean steroid use, and it just kind of hits a little bit differently, knowing that you know there weren't anything, there wasn't complicating factors that he caused. It was just all things, unfortunately, that um that unraveled for him and just led us to why we're recording this show today uh but yeah same thing with like you said with dinner i mean i just i had literally just gotten back from dinner with my parents and was back at my parents house hanging out for a little bit and i same thing i pulled out my phone and i just scroll through and like one of the last things i see on twitter or x whatever the hell you want to call it nowadays before uh i get you know to the end of it is triple h's tweet and it's just like oh my gosh like what? I was just reading about him possibly coming back, I think, earlier in the week that he was getting ready to train to come back, and now here we are with this news, and you know, my dad is a wrestling fan, my dad's watched, I've, you know, watched wrestling with my dad ever since I was a kid, he still watches it now, Uh, you know, I told him about it, and he was shocked, Um, you know, my mom knows obviously who he is, even I had my friends who don't watch wrestling full-time, but watch the big shows, even then, a couple of them text me, like, did Bray Wyatt, you know, did he really die? And you could tell him, yeah, it's like, It sucks. It's an unexpected thing uh, to come around. Um, And he leaves behind a a good career, I think. I mean, say what you will about some of the stuff that he did. I mean, I've been critical of some of the stuff here, but you can't deny that he's a creative genius and he put everything that he possibly could into what he did. Um, You know, like it or hate it, it seemed like all the time he was putting the full effort into... Um, Whatever he was going to throw out there, whether it was the early Wyatt family stuff, whether it was, you know, the Fiend stuff, uh, some of the later Wyatt family stuff, anything like that. um, It's always there. You know, he always, you know, captivated the audience with whatever he was doing. Clearly a great promo guy. um, Probably, I would say, the best thing he did as far as that goes. Uh, So I guess I'll ask you, Cam, here first. What was your favorite incarnation of Bray Wyatt?
1: Oh man. I mean, I was watching, they WWE was pretty quick to put together. Cause I, I looked for, um, shield versus Wyatt family. Once so I watched that match last night, um, after I got home from my fantasy draft and then I was, you know, they put together a little piece. So I watched him and him and the Cena stuff from mania, which was super awesome. I mean, I haven't watched it back since the COVID mania, but such a funny, fun, like 16 minute segment. Oh man. I mean, it's pretty tough. I mean, I, I feel like the original incarnation of Bray Wyatt, to me, kind of will always be like number one, and everything else was just kind of an offshoot with the Fiend and the Firefly, Firefly Funhouse stuff. I remember when we, when Bray b- debuted that stuff, and they kind of teased him going back and forth between Bray and the Fiend and all that stuff, and there was always that little um, division of like these are two separate entities. So I always thought that was really cool. But I mean his debut stuff right after nxt you know i feel like they kind of found their groove in nxt and then once they got to the main roster and all of his early promos and you know when, when you're a when you're a heel demon-esque type character and you've got the entire cr- crowd you know with your with with their phone lights on and you know chanting you know he's got the whole world in his hands and, you know the guy was super freaking over so i think all that stuff was was super super good
0: How about you, Chairman? What would you say your favorite incarnation of Bray Wyatt was?
2: I was really interested in his stuff before he passed. Like, I liked his return, his music. Unfortunately, we never got to see the full story there. So I think that could have been his best work. And I was a fan of all of his stuff. And I think The Fiend for me would have been my favorite because it was like a split personality because you had the Firefly Funhouse, you know, with all of his puppets and stuff like that and all the shenanigans and it was a little goofy sometimes but it was also like just entertaining too but then like he got into the dark side and then you know he put on the fiend mask and he became the fiend and it was just insane the music was amazing i loved his music i loved all of his themes in their own respective ways you know because of him i started listening to code orange and i love their music so and and it's just like you know the, the fiend character was a little overpowered and kind of like invincible like we had we critiqued that stuff, you know, but like the presentation was amazing, and you know the fiend mask, you know, everybody was buying them up, and then the the fiend title belt that they have for sale, and then just the gloves, like, and you go back to the original Wyatt family incarnation, like I picked up one of those sheep masks that Eric Rowan used to wear, you know, I mean, the, the stuff was marketable. Hell, I dressed as Bray Wyatt for Halloween, like in 2014, you know, I bought one of those Hawaiian shirts and fedora hats and big ass beard and had about a lantern. I mean, with the whole the whole full force. So, I mean, where do you look at any of the incarnations? They're all amazing to me. The fiend for me though. I just loved, I loved that run. It was, it was insane.
0: Yeah. I think it took them a bit to figure out the proper booking for the fiend. I mean, I remember, you know, just going back that first Seth Rollins match for the title and that whole hell in a cell match and the red light. It took a little bit for them to kind of get where they wanted to, I think with him eventually they kind of did and then like you know the whole Alexa Bliss stuff happened and then he just kind of disappeared and was released shortly after that um but for me yeah I'm I'm going to go back to like the original incarnation with the Wyatt family I mean especially with you know the first uh story the first angle with John Cena leading up to their match with um at Wrestlemania 30 uh the promos that he did um the match was good I think bray should have gone over in the end um you know that could have been something that they could have done i mean he was trying to get john cena to turn evil and i think even if he wasn't going to go over the best way he could have done it was for Cena to finally snap and like i saw somebody suggest this on i feel like on twitter or somewhere else so i don't want to take credit for it but i don't know who it was that suggested that you know bray you know john cena finally snaps and bray smiles as like you know cena levels him with a chair and then wins the match because he got exactly what he wanted um but that whole incarnation, again, going up to with the, you know, the S.H.I.E.L.D. match between the S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Wyatt family. So that was a, a good to, uh, yeah, his early his early days as that call leader. And even then, like, later on when he became, and they kind of split the group up a little bit, and you had Luke Harper with Randy Orton, and you had that incarnation of them with Orton and, um, and Harper in the group, and then even going into the time when they had Daniel Bryan uh, in the group as well. I mean, that just launched, you know, Daniel Bryan kind of, into a bigger stardom i mean at angle at uh there was a raw i think they, they built up to that match the royal rumble in 2014 yeah 2014 because that was the rumble I, I was at uh that cage match with whatever crowd the whole crowd chanting yes 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 when daniel bryan finally left the wyatt family it was it was very good very well done and it just goes to show you how captivated uh you can get into a Bray Wyatt story. Um, so very, uh, positive there in that early, early carnation of the group. And then him finally winning the WWE title was good. Um, you know, the WrestleMania match with Randy Orton, uh, with the projections on the screen. I mean, you know, I've been critical of that before, but that's not the time or place to do this. But like I said, he's clearly somebody that had a creative mind. Um, definitely somebody who put everything into what he did. Um, so let's say as far as maybe uh, a favorite match for you guys, as far as Bray Wyatt goes, I'll ask you, Cam, here first. Do you have a favorite Bray Wyatt match that comes to mind when you think of him?
1: I mean, the match they had at the Rumble with him and Dan and Brian was super good, and then Brian left. I think it was a Raw? When he they did the cage match and Ryan and, and Brian quit the quit the Wyatt family. I think it was maybe a couple of weeks after that that match where everyone kind of wanted Daniel Bryan to win the Royal uh, Rumble, but he ended up just wrestling Bray Wyatt that night. I mean that was that was a fantastic match. Um, Wyatt Family Shield one and two I think was fantastic. I mean the the build up to that I mean that was at that time you know like WWE you know CM Punk and all that stuff was going on and everything had just happened and I think WWE was really had like a rocket strap to them at that point i mean they were had so many new great characters and the shield was completely super over and so was the wyatt family and them just teasing that stuff like i said i watched a couple of raws where they um the segments where they kind of teased the match and then they finally had it and um i think it was really really fantastic probably one of the best uh early on roman reigns performances personally i think that he him and bray kind of you know stepped up stepped up to the plate for those matches and were like the, we're the leader of the two most over arguably factions in all of wrestling at that time. I mean, you could talk about new Japan, but you know, at least Stateside, you know, those guys were super over and everyone in wrestling loved the shield. They loved the Wyatt family. So I think that match with Daniel Bryan and then his, that the first and second Wyatt family versus shield stuff was really good too.
0: Yeah, I agree. Both, um, both shield, uh, Wyatt family matches were great. Um, you know, as a huge crowd reaction, I mean, how long had it been since the WWE had, you know, two big groups like, like big groups like that, and all of a sudden, like, here they are facing off each other, one on like, group against group, you know, two of the hottest acts in the company uh, at the time doing that and going ahead and facing off each other one-on-one. Uh, very well done. Like you said, I agree with you that they were both very great matches. Um, I was there for the Daniel Bryan-Bray Wyatt match at that Rumble. Uh, I agree. Very well done. Um, you know, I would have liked to see more out of his match with the Undertaker at WrestleMania. I mean, I thought that would end up being a big, uh, you know, transition for Wyatt to get a kind of a win over the Undertaker, even though it didn't happen. Uh, hell, even his short-term uh, teaming with Roman Reigns, I thought was great. I mean, there's that you know famous image of. Bray Wyatt hitting the sister Abigail, and then as he's getting the pin, he points to, I believe, it's Sheamus coming into the ring, and Roman Reigns just comes up and spears him. But that one-off pairing I thought was great. I wish they would have done more with that, but unfortunately they didn't. But, you know, for that brief time those two were like that, I thought it was great. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else off the top of my head as I'm sitting here going through this... uh this Wikipedia listing here, I mean, we were supposed to get a Bray Wyatt-Brock Lesnar program, but Brock shot that down, um, which I think was probably the right thing. Those two just didn't really mix, I think. I, I don't think they would have mixed well as far as a feud goes, um, only because I can't see Bray Wyatt or Brock Lesnar going for any of that stuff. Um, what about you, Chairman? Do you have any uh, favorite Bray Wyatt matches that come to mind when you think of his career?
2: Yeah, I mean, you guys touch on the Wyatt family shield stuff. I mean, that's definitely some of the amazing work there because those are two factions I was a huge fan of and I was kind of torn on who to root for. Um, But, you know, there's some stuff, you know, that Bray did, you know, solo too that I want to touch on. I mean, his encounters with Daniel Bryan have been phenomenal. Same with John Cena. Like, you know, these are some of the biggest guys in, you know, WWE and Bray Wyatt shared the ring with a lot of them. And I think one match that will stand out to me was uh, WrestleMania 36, the Firefly Funhouse match, because, you know, John Cena was obviously pretty much part-time at this point, and he just came for the paycheck, but he gave 100% just like Bray Wyatt did. I mean, he put those two together, and they put on a memorable match. You know, this was during the somatic COVID era, so they had to get really creative, and this, this thing was, you know, when they built this up, I was like, this is going to be so bad. Like, I just – it was very – pessimistic about it but then I saw the match and I was just blown away like the creativity like just the stuff they did you know John Cena wearing his like generic ass tights from his uh debut and you know just all the stuff you know that they did in that match was memorable as hell so I mean there's a lot of stuff you talk about Bray Wyatt you know you can talk about his Elimination Chamber match where he won his first title you know or you talk about the the Red Lights Hell in the Cell match or his last match you know with LA Knight you know, and uh pitch black Mountain Dew, which we still laugh at to this day. But um, you know, pitch black Mountain Dew really. But uh, you know, you know, LA Knight, you know, being the last person to share the ring with him, you know, and that kind of probably helped LA Knight, you know, catapult himself to where he's at today and the promo that he shared on SmackDown last night pretty much put the confidence in me and I think a lot of other people that LA Knight is definitely the guy to take the WWE forward and Bray White helped him get there so a lot of good things for Bray White for a lot of wrestlers
0: I I should also bring up the um the ultimate deletion match with Matt Hardy I mean for what it was I thought it was a fun little you know uh, a match for those two to have with them fighting and Bray getting thrown into the lake of recarnation to uh end that match I thought you know it was something that I never thought WWE would do um, I don't know if it was as good as the Matt Hardy matches from TNA The Ultimate Deletion matches um, Or whatever they were called in TNA But uh, it was a fun little, you know, one of those times where you can just kind of Laugh at wrestling but also kind of enjoy it I mean, much better than the Swamp match he had with uh, Braun Strowman, I think uh, But yeah, Chairman, you bring up the SmackDown from yesterday I thought everything was, you know, pretty, was pretty well done I might have liked to see some like camera testimonials from people rather than just seeing tweets. Um, you know, I thought that might've been a little bit better. I know they, they were supposed to get Alexa bliss tried coming in and giving her work with Bray, but I guess she had uh, flight issues. So she wasn't able to get there, but I would have liked to see something like that. You know, maybe otherwise though, I thought the whole show was well done. Um, you know, it just seemed like it's one of those shows where they had some storylines, but everybody was just kind of, you know, out there to do what they do because they respected Bray Wyatt and they, they liked everything that he did. And like you said, you bring up the LA Knight thing. I thought he tied in everything that, you know, with a uh, Bray Wyatt there where, you know, he said like, you know, you know, I, you know, I don't, I'm not going to say I like him, but he taught me a lot. Um, you know, kind of playing into storyline and real life, then transitioning right into uh, his feud with the Miz, and then tying in Bray Wyatt at the end there, where he talks about saying, like, you know, run as the last thing Bray Wyatt would say said to him before they fought. Um, I thought it was a very well done promo by him. And it was just kind of like a show where we didn't get super heavy into storyline stuff. I mean, like we said, Cody Rhodes paying respect to Terry Funk in that promo, I thought was very well done, too. Um, it was just like a nice quiet two hours of wrestling where nothing was overly complicated and you just kind of watched wrestling for what it is and that's it. Um, but I don't know. I know you guys get a chance to see any of the show last night, Cam.
1: Yeah, I watched part of it this morning and I, I thought the WWE took the right road instead of having, you know, just a regular show. I think that was the best idea. It's not like they were. And the you know everything all the main storylines are I don't want to say cooled off right now but you know the the bloodline stuff's kind of in like a pause mode with pause mode and things like that so I think it was not only the right thing for the WWE to do to not you know just have a regular show but you know the the best thing to do was just you know spend the night you know going through Bray Wyatt's career and the stuff with the chair and they did a, I think they did a really really good video tribute WWE's I think has always been the best at their video tributes and putting together packages and things like that. So I think it was the right thing to do. And I'm willing to bet that you probably wouldn't find one fan who paid money to go to SmackDown last night was upset that they didn't get to see fucking Chauncey Blackheart versus Charlotte Flair or whatever they had planned, you know? Um, so, you know, those people will people that went to SmackDown last night will always have that memory. Like, yeah, I was at SmackDown when they, after Bray Wyatt passed and, <clears throat> You know, I thought it was well done and, you know, it was the right thing to do, even though Bray hadn't been on TV for, what, seven months now or something like that. It's been a a while since Bray had been on TV. And like you said earlier, Justin, we kept hearing reports, oh, he's going to come back, he's going to come back. And, you know, I was just thinking the other day that I thought they were going to have him come back and face Cody. I thought that was going to be the program. You know, I was waiting for Bray to show up, you know, one Monday Night Raw and attack Cody and, you know. Cody versus versus Bray, I think would have been really, really well done. I think the the promo exchange would have been fantastic, and the matches would have been really good, some old school wrestling style stuff. Um, so I kind of thought that was the way they were gonna go. Obviously, you know we're not we're never gonna get that, um, but yeah, I thought it was well done. I think it was the best thing for WWE to do last night.
0: That's a good call there. I totally could have seen something like that, especially because we see now we have Cody uh, kind of, like you said, kind of in a pause here, not really having a program. Um, he's doing a uh, Grayson Waller effect, I think, at Payback next week, so he's doing an interview segment there, but I could just imagine seeing uh, you know, Huskis the pig boy dressed up in uh, polka dots to talk about Dusty. I, that totally would have been uh, something I could have seen the WWE and Bray Wyatt going with there. Like you said, with Bray being such a, a, a big force, and I'm sure him and Cody uh, just doing promos back and forth, like you said, I think would be really, really good. Uh, as far as, let's see, like a couple more questions here. I mean, we talked about favorite matches. I guess maybe uh, as far as favorite feuds go, um, I really liked everything in the buildup for the Randy Orton, Bray Wyatt stuff until we got to the actual match. But I thought everything there that was was really well done Uh, You know, Orton buying into the Bray Wyatt stuff. You've got, you know, the build-up where Orton finally turns, and then he 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 goes and burns down Bray Wyatt's shack. But, I mean, I thought that whole program and feud was very well built up. I mean, obviously we have the Daniel Bryan thing, too, as well. That was a very well-done feud. And, like I said, the early John Cena stuff, the first one, I thought – uh, those will probably be my top three uh, as far as Bray Wyatt feuds uh, go Uh, what about you chairman you have any kind of read your favorite Bray Wyatt uh, feuds or storylines <sighs>
2: boy there's a lot of them too but I mean you know the Cena stuff we talked about you know the Daniel Bryan stuff where he forced him to join the Wyatt family years ago or you know Randy Orton creating Burnt Fiend and then The whole Alexa Bliss stuff. I mean there's just a lot of lot of stuff he had over the years. Um, yeah, and the touch on you guys with Cody real quick too. Like I think Cody was Husky Harris's trainee back when they used to do that NXT mentor thing. So that's could have been another layer to the story they could have went with too. And Cody definitely, after last night, you know, you know, doing the thing for Terry Funk and uh doing the stuff for Bernie Lee Lee AEW makes you wonder like how much longer until they put a title on that guy because that dude is definitely the face of the franchise and so i think of him and bray white would have been really special if we would have gotten that but there's a lot of good stories to watch on peacock to relive a great career
0: how about you cam any uh particular favorite bray Wyatt storylines that stick out to you
1: uh, I mean, I was there for Mania 31, him and the Undertaker. Even though the match was kind of short at Mania, I mean, I thought, you know, Bray Wyatt was kind of coined as the next Undertaker. That whole style of gimmick, you know, or demon dark dark uh, style wrestling and pre- presentation. So I, you know, I always thought that was great. I mean, I know he Bray didn't win the match and things like that, which I already you know, at that point, just have Undertaker lose and go away. Bray Wyatt strapped the Rocketeers, blah blah blah. Um, so I always thought that was good. I mean, I, I really thought that him and under, him and Kane's, uh, like, Inferno match they had, what, 12, 13? 12, one, one of those Summer Slams back then. Um, that was always really good. You know, obviously you have Kane, so he's the demon from hell, and you got Bray Wyatt. Um, but, I, I mean, I really liked him and Ro, Roman's solo stuff. I mean, that was at the time when WWE was kind of shoving Roman Reigns down our throat, you know, and everyone loved Bray Wyatt and everyone loved Daniel Bryan and all that stuff. Um, and Bray would always say anybody but Roman. So I thought, you know, that was really well done that Bray was not only playing into like the fans, not wanting Roman to be the guy, but he was also wanting to be the guy himself. So I thought that was obviously really well done. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I I think everything he, he did, you know, was at least you could respect the art that went behind it. You know, maybe some of it was kind of goofy, the, the Orton uh, WrestleMania match, maybe a little bit goofy and stuff like that, but it was, it was about the art, you know, it was about the the willingness to do something different. And that was what was great, great about Bray Wyatt. And even back his day, you know, after Husky Harris, you know, disappeared from the world and we got Bray Wyatt in NXT, I mean, it was Bray wanting to do something different and he did something very different. You know, there's the Undertaker and there's a, you know, some guys throughout wrestling history But I feel like, you know, Bray was obviously willing to take risks. And even if some stuff came across as kind of goofy or silly, you know, the stuff with Seth Rollins, you know, where Seth Rollins fucking hit him with a wrench and threw everything on him. But the Fiend, you know, didn't didn't um, sell for it at all. You know, Bray was never afraid to, to take that chance to take that risk. So I think that's something that can obviously always be respected because in a in a world of. Of cookie cutter wrestlers you know there's a lot of guys out there that are just cookie cutters and do the same stuff Bray was Bray was never afraid to uh, step out of that mold and try something different
0: yeah, I think that's a good description to end kind of our talk here on Bray Wyatt. Like you said, he was never afraid to try something different, whether it worked or not. And if it didn't work, he was willing to tweak it and tweak the presentation a little bit and make it get to a point where it could work. I mean, we never saw what was going to happen with this new Bray Wyatt and Uncle Howdy and the rumored like Wyatt faction that was going to be coming to be, unfortunately. but. We don't so we don't know even what that knew was gonna entail. So it, it sucks, you know. Obviously that he's gone. We wish his family, uh, the best during this time, and hope that you know, you know, hopefully his wife and kids can get past the grieving process. We I saw that WWE is donating all money from his merchandise sales to the family of Bray Wyatt. So. If, you know, if you see something out there, go ahead and buy it. Uh, You know, obviously supporting his family, it's a good cause. Uh, We talked about it a couple times, but I'd be remiss not to bring up the fact that, unfortunately, also this week we had another death in wrestling in Terry Funk passing away uh, at, I believe it was, 89. Um, So uh, a little bit older, but, you know, you have that. uh, You know, another guy that very rarely, I don't even think I've ever seen anybody say anything bad about Terry Funk in the wrestling business, and, you know, he came before a lot of our time, uh, a lot of his his main career was before uh, you know our you know when we were around watching it. But if you go back and watch anything of Terry Funk's on the network, it's just you know his feud with Ric Flair for the NWA title. Uh, That was great. Uh, You know, even his stuff in WWE. The one thing about Terry Funk, you can say is no matter what he was given, you know, kind of like the same thing with Bray Wyatt. He always found a way to try to make it entertaining. Even if you go to his like late WCW stuff where he was around in 2000, Uh, same thing. Always tried to make it somewhat entertaining. You know, he made Chainsaw Charlie uh, work as a gimmick. He was just a crazy man who, you know, obviously the, the the gif is out there of him back in WCW where, you know, the horse almost kicks him in the head and he doesn't even try to sell it and just kind of, I think he says something like you think a fucking horse or something like that. It's just hilarious. But, I mean, anything you watch of Terry Funk's I think is great. He's a master class promo guy. Uh, any, you know, Anybody trying to get into the business should go back and watch some early Terry Funk promos, but. Chairman uh, you got any thoughts here on the Passing of Terry Funk as well
2: Yeah another uh, Brilliant performer from Wrestling and sad to see him Go you know we've had a lot of Loss this year you know this year For wrestlers and when we look Count the losses this year it's gonna be One of the worst um, You know we lost a few earlier this year too But Terry Funk you know my first exposure To him was changed saw Charlie And you know I knew You know afterwards like how close to friends he was with Mick Foley and you know Chainsaw Charlie was just ridiculous dude wore like freaking pantyhose on his freaking head it looked like and always just rocking around with chainsaws it was it was wild like, especially in the Attitude Era but then you know time goes on you know and I ended up seeing some of his stuff in early ECW I still remember his match of Sabu and I was saying to myself I've never seen so much blood in my life like that match is just grotesque as hell like not for the weak stomach. Um, definitely, hard, definitely the king of hardcore for sure. And, you know, a lot of people in the business, you know, are influenced in they respect to Terry Funk. And same with uh, Bray, you know, thoughts go out to his family and friends. And one of these days I definitely want to get back and check out some older wrestling. You know, Terry Funk included in that because I've heard a lot of good matches he's had with guys like Flair and Dusty Rhodes and the long list goes on.
0: Uh, yeah, fun fact about that Terry Funk Sabu matches—that was actually real barbed wire that was used in that match. And um, apparently, they, the finish of that match was changed because Terry Funk felt that if he moved at all one bit, that like the barbed wire was gonna slice. I think it maybe would have been his eye open, so he could not move with that barbed wire in the position that it was. Uh, what about you, Cam? Any uh, thoughts on Terry Funk before we finish up?
1: I mean I feel like it's kind of you know Art imitating life and things like that That Terry Funk a guy A great promo worker a guy that was Not afraid to do something different you know Passing away at the same time as as Bray Wyatt you know I don't know if Bray was directly Influenced by Terry Funk's work You know I know Mick Foley was but again Mick Foley another guy that wasn't afraid To do something different you know again in a world Full of everyone wanting to be Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart and things like that. You had, you had these kind of guys that were wanting to break the mold and Terry Funk definitely broke the mold and was completely different from what was going on back then. And the same thing with Bray Wyatt, you know, a completely different character style of what was going on in the WWE at the time. So, you know, my thoughts are with his family as well. You know, he for being 89 for as many insane bumps and stuff. You know, we talk about wrestling taboo about, Wrestlers dying early, you know, they're sure there's obviously been a a whole bunch of them. Bray Wyatt now added to that list of wrestlers that passed away too soon. But Terry Funk, you know, made it to 89 years old with all the crazy stuff that he did in his career. So, um, yeah, just another guy that wasn't afraid to to try something different and do something different and create different kinds of characters.
0: I should correct myself, too, by the way. I said 89. I was actually 79. That's my fault. But even still, 79 for, like you said, a guy that did as much crazy shit as he did in his wrestling career is just nuts that, you know, he's able to still carry on this slate. Uh, but yeah, unfortunately, you know, the wrestling world lost two, uh, very important influential pieces, uh, this week. Uh, and like I said, we wish all of us here at the hot tag wrestling podcast, which, both of their families the best during this uh, grieving time. But we will be back later this week uh, to talk about what happened at All In and then preview All Out and WWE Payback. So for my co-host, Cam, and the chairman, Stephen Vincent, we will talk to you guys then.